me now invite your attention to uh, God's Word in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Words that are somewhat familiar to you, they are words of institution of the Lord's Supper, which we'll about, we're uh, going to observe in just a few moments. And by the way, I should tell you, if you're new to Gracie Van, we, we, um, we observe the Lord's Supper once a month. We try to do it the second week of the month, but I was out of town then, and uh, we've scheduled today. But um, normally, I try to make my sermons a bit shorter uh, much to your delight, I'm sure. Um, but we try to focus on the sacrament itself. Uh, we, don't, we don't consider it an add-on. We consider it uh, something vital to the worship of God's people. And so we try to shorten things up front so that we can spend more time on that. Now, but two other quick things. Um, if you have or are of college age, that is about to enter college or just having left it, um, you're invited to my home tonight. We would love to have you in our home this evening. Uh, we, we did this thing last year, and it was real fun. At least it was for me. I hope they enjoyed it. But uh, it's called Stump the Chump. And the, the uh, price of admission for supper and the evening's activities is a question. you got to write out a question. You give it to Brady, and Brady kind of emcees things, and he feeds me questions. And I try to answer their, their questions. I, I don't do it um, perfectly, but I try. So that's tonight. It's 7 o'clock. It's supper. We play some, and then we, uh, we, we just field some questions, and, um, and I act like the old professorial guy that I am, you know? Um, all right, that's tonight for uh, college-age folk. And then um, a, a new members class this afternoon, we, as Kim said, they're quarterly, and if you ever have any intention of being a member here, you, uh, you have to go through that class. Uh, but you're not obligated to join after that class. But it's today, it's after this service, there's lunch, there's um, provision made for your kids, so hope you'll join us at that. Now, you follow, as I read, simply three verses out of a book that we consider to be inerrant. Um, three verses about the institution of the Lord's Supper. Uh, Paul writes, uh, beginning in verse 27, and he says this. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of profaning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God, this word, this endures forever. Guys, the Lord's Supper is a subject about which there has been controversy in Christendom for centuries. Uh, the debates have risen and that have, they've come and gone. Uh, the church really hasn't settled her issues yet over this sacrament. Um, part of the hottest debate comes from the verses that I just read you, beginning at verse 27, 28, 29, about discerning the body rightly and uh, profaning the body and um, drinking judgment on yourself. That's, that's an area where there's 
a whole lot of um, debate that goes on. Now, I am not suggesting that I'm going to answer all of the questions in that debate uh, this morning, but I did want to um, at least give you some input as to how we understand and why this is so important. Um, We are fencing, we fence this table. As a church, we fence the table. We don't We don't close it. Uh, If you're not a member here, you're welcome to participate. But we fence it. Uh, We put up some guardrails around it. Why? Because of these verses. Those three verses. That's why the Christian church has seen fit to fence. That's what it's called. Fence the table because of this admonition by the Apostle Paul. Don't come, you know, he says, if you uh, do not discern the body rightly. So let me address that just a bit, and uh, then I'll... We'll, um, we'll meet at the table. Um, my elementary school years were um, spent at Graves Road Elementary uh, School in Whitehaven. The principal was a guy by the name of C.H. Harrell, and he's dead now, but he was a tough guy, and I loved him. He's a good man. Um, in my sixth grade year, which was the last year of elementary school, that you were kind of the seniors of uh, elementary school, I was chosen to be on the safety patrol. <laughs> uh, you know, you got to wear that little thing and, the, and you directed traffic. But, but um, the affectionate term for the safety patrol was cooties. We were called cooties. I was a cootie. And um, one of the, the most serious and the... Um, um, uh, important responsibilities that we shared as cooties is that we, on a daily basis, or at least the five days of the school week, we raised and lowered the American flag from the flagpole out front. That was our job. We not only directed traffic and got people, you know, safely there, we had to raise and lower the American flag. And we were told Uh, by our faculty representative, that if that flag ever touched the ground, if you drop it, you cooties, if you drop it, we're going to have to burn it. We'll have to burn that flag because it touched the ground. Because, listen to us, cooties, there's something sacred about that flag. Well, um, the idea of desecrating the American flag in public was unthinkable. And, and the one who would dare to do such a thing, I mean, they ought to be fined or flogged or imprisoned or, or shot, uh, that, that anyone would purposefully desecrate the, the American flag. So we we cooties, we got the message, and we handled the American flag with unbelievable care. Folks, it was a piece of cloth. It was dyed with red and blue colors, and it was put together in this, uh, this this specific symbolic configuration with some stars. And we were told, 
It was sacred. Don't drop it. Why, why, um, why is that piece of cloth to be handled with such great care? Well, it wasn't because of the piece of cloth. It wasn't that the fibers were, were sacred or special. It wasn't that the colors were. But it was that that flag stood for something. It, it, it pointed us to something. It symbolized the history of a people. Um, her, her conquest and her defeats and her, her courage and her losses and her accomplishments. The flag was a rich symbol. Not the cloth. The flag. The flag was a rich symbol because of what stood behind it. And what stood behind it was the history of a people, all represented in a common piece of cloth, dyed red and blue, with a certain specific configuration of some stars. Guys, in the Protestant world, we have, we have an array of symbols. You see them on bumper stickers. You see this little thing that looks like a fish. That's called an ichthus, and that's a symbol. Uh, some of you, even this very moment, are wearing around your necks a gold chain, and in the middle of it is a, is a cross. That's a symbol. But two of the symbols that we have in the Christian church are so sacred that they transcend the normal meaning of a symbol. And so we, we even have a different word for those two symbols because we have created a category uh, in which those two things are found and those only. Those two things are called sacraments. And can you hear in that word sacred? There's something sacred in a sacrament. There's been several definitions of a sacrament. Uh, I, I, I mentioned two that they basically say the same thing, but one man de- defined a sacrament as the visible sign of an invisible reality. The visible sign of an invisible reality. The other guy said it's a physical sign with a spiritual reality. Why Why do we need sacraments, and what do we lose if we don't participate? Let me try to explain that, and we'll we'll get on to the sacrament itself. Folks, I didn't read all of 1 Corinthians 11, but these these words of admonition from Paul come um, in the midst of a meal that was being held at Corinth. You might know that the Lord's Supper was uh, instituted at a meal. Um, the first time it was instituted by Jesus himself. Um, fundamentally, the Lord's Supper is a meal. And meal times are special times. They're special times in our families. They're special times over holidays. Uh, meal times are something uh, with some significance. Uh, a meal is something that sustains life. 
And we are here in this sacrament, we are, we are about to be called to feed on the person and the work of Jesus Christ. We are being invited to his table in a place that is called his house, and we are enjoying a, a, a few moments of special intimacy with him at this meal. We're not just one of a multitude, a faceless mass. We are singled out and invited to dine with Jesus Christ. He is making himself available to us in a special way during this meal. So by feeding on him, we are strengthened we are nourished, and we are satisfied. In addition to that, we are um, humbly acknowledging all over again his lordship in our lives. There is, a, there is a sense that we are resubmitting ourselves to his authority over our lives. It's a, it's, in a sense, it is a renewed commitment that is taking place here. Now, how could you not benefit from doing that all over again, renewing that commitment, resubmitting to his lordship. And we're doing that as we are reminded of the centerpiece of the the Christian message. That centerpiece is what's being symbolized in this sacrament. Guys, there's nothing sacred about that grape juice and, and bread. We bought it at Kroger. There's nothing nothing sacred about it. But the thing to which it points is sacred. And to what does it point? It points to the centerpiece of all of Christianity. The broken body and shed blood of Jesus Christ. It's not some kind of empty ritual where we go through some kind of hocus pocus. It is, there are common elements that are pointing us to something that is very uncommon. Now, guys, when I understand that this thing is pointing us to the the work accomplished by Jesus Christ on my behalf, that is, God himself dying in my place for my sin, the sin that I committed, And apart from him, I will perish. When I understand that, then I embrace that death all over again. And to embrace him means life eternal. So the Apostle Paul, in a piece of pastoral kindness, he says to his audience, You need to examine yourself. It's a warning, ladies and gentlemen. It's not from Grace Evan. It's not from Jimmy Young. Knowing the significance of what stands behind this sacrament, he says to the Corinthian church, before you come, examine yourself. And just ask, am I trusting 
in the finished and accomplished work of Jesus Christ alone. By the way, the key word there is alone. Not my baptism, not my, uh, my church membership. I am trusting in the finished work of Jesus Christ alone. Are you doing that? Then come. Come and enjoy a meal where the people of God are strengthened, nourished, and satisfied as we dine with the Savior himself. Let's pray together. Oh God, I, I do pray that you'll remind your people of the, the uh, extraordinary significance of this sacrament. That it is not just a piece of uh, church hullabaloo, but it is, a, it is an event where we are led all over again into the center of the Christian message about Christ and Him crucified. So meet us here, O oh God. Might your people leave here this today nourished and strengthened and satisfied, having met with, dined with, and renewed their commitment to Jesus himself. Meet us, O God, for Jesus' sake. Amen.